All right. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter number four. Acts chapter number four. And, uh, and, 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 and while you're turning, let me, let me encourage you. Uh, uh, Johnny, where's Johnny at? Johnny Law Dog, Johnny, one of you uh, behind me. Hey, go on my desk and get my outline. I might need that today. Uh, uh, while you turn into Acts chapter four, I want to I want to invite everyone. If you if you've not been here in a while, uh, we are going to go to the Holy Land in uh, in December, and we'd love to take you with us and be a part of that once in a lifetime trip. It is an incredible incredible journey. I was listening to a radio uh, show this week, and uh, and they were talking about uh, uh, old Jewish tradition is that God. God took the dust of the ground from right there at the temple mount. Now I'd never heard that before, but then she began to say, she began to say that is why there's, it's like a magnet that draws the whole world to, to Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. Uh, God took out of the dust of the ground and made man from the dust on the temple mount. Now I thought, well, uh, you know, ever since I went to Israel, it's like a magnet drawing me back. I mean, if, if you are, are here and you went with us on one of those trips, uh, now you, now you know, maybe possibly, and I'm not saying that's the case. I don't know, but it sure makes sense. Uh, thank you, dear sir. Thank you so much. All right. Now try to listen today, brother Johnny. Okay. All right. All right. So if you'd like to do that, just pick up one of those brochures and go with us. Uh, they are out in the foyer today. Now, how many of you are glad to be saved? Now I'm telling you what I'm tickled, slammed to death that I'm saved. And I'm even more glad that the devil can't do a thing about it. Now, the problem is, is there's a lot of people on the outside of them doors that don't have that. And we need to change that. Are y'all with me? Say amen. We've been preaching on this series of Bob, praying for Bob, praying for Bob. Uh, what is the first B? What does the first B stand for? Burden. Burden. I, I heard a tragic story this week. Uh, a very, very famous pastor in, up, up in the north uh, has an atheistic son. And, and his, his reasoning for not believing in God is he said, because Christians don't even believe that there's a literal hell. He said, if people really believed that there was a hell, they would be broken about it. They would be burdened about it. They wouldn't be able to sleep knowing that their loved ones would go to hell. Now, he's wrong in the fact there is a hell. But he's right in the fact that Christians don't have enough burden. Period. And listen, if we're ever going to share our faith, we're going to have to care about the people that we're going to share our faith to. I need a witness right there. And so we pray that God would give us a burden, would break our hearts for those who don't know him. What's O stand for? Opportunity. We say, God, give us an opportunity. And I promise you, if you ask him, he will. Amen. B, what's the last B? Boldness. We need boldness, holy boldness to share our faith today. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So look with me in Acts chapter four in verse number 21. Verse number 21, when you get there, say amen. amen. So when they had further threatened them, this is the, this is the religious crowd, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, uh, the temple guard, if you will, they've arrested Peter and John and they've threatened them and saying, don't preach no more in this name. 
Don't do this no more. You can't go witness. You can't share your faith. You can't do this anymore. They were intimidating them. How many of y'all have ever felt intimidated when it comes to witnessing? Yeah. Amen. So, so you're in good company right here. They are intimidating them and threatening them. They let them go finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people for all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing was showed. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they heard the threats. They heard the intimidation. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God. In other words, you're the boss. Anyway, that's a, that's a lot of preach right there. Amen. I'm glad to know I don't care who's in the White House. He ain't the boss. Thou art God, Lord, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered against, uh, together against the Lord for against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and please make them stop. That's not what they said, is it? Uh, we're going to the governor and petition. No. Please, man. <laughs> Make them leave us alone. No, that's not what they said. Behold their threatenings. Now read it with me. And grant unto thy servants that with all, everybody say it, that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And, and read it with me, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with, they spake the word of God with, somebody say amen. amen. You have not asked and ye shall receive. Somebody say amen. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this crowd that's eager to hear it. Now, Lord, I'm, I'm the least among the brethren that deserve to be up here delivering it. But God, I am so thankful. I've been, I've been excited all week about this and I pray that you'll give me the words to say. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't and don't let me forget anything I should. I know without a shadow of a doubt, the devil doesn't want anybody to hear this today. He wants everybody to stay in fear and intimidation. Uh, God, they, he does not want any Christian bold to share their faith. Well, Lord, I rebuke him and I pray that you'll rebuke him. I pray that you'll put a hedge about this place and it'll, it'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. And Lord, touch every heart, touch every ear that they may comprehend and hear everything that's said. And Lord, be able to understand it clearly. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. And God will praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> Man, we need some boldness. 
You know, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm afraid that there's a lot of Christians that, that, that claim to be saved. And, and, and I say Christians, so-called Christians that, that claim to know God. And, 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 and even there are some that are saved. You are saved. You're born again. But we're walking around like a bunch of scared rabbits. Now, that should not be. Uh, we should not be afraid. God does not give the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Somebody say amen. But I will, I will admit this. I will admit this. I'm, I'm, I'm one in the crowd that's shy. I'm one in the crowd that gets nervous. I'm one in the crowd that, hey, listen, it, it, it is, it is not, it is, you're not unusual if, if, if this is a little scary. It's not. Sharing your faith, sharing your faith is something that the devil will fight. It's something that the flesh will fight. Are y'all with me? I, my flesh loves to sin. It's, it's, it's corrupt. It's carnal. Uh, it has no problem with sin, but it does hate praying and it does hate reading the Bible and it does hate going to church. Uh, when that alarm went off this morning, my flesh said, no, did anybody's flesh do that this morning? Listen, this is a spiritual battle we're in. There are, there are POWs that are out here missing in action. And if we don't reach them with the gospel, there's only one destination and that is hell. But I have found this out there. There is a lot of people who want to share. They want to witness. They want to evangelize. They want their neighbor saved. They want their family saved. Uh, They want all of this, but they're just a little scared. Now, how many of y'all, how many of y'all get nervous when it comes to sharing your faith like your preacher does? Anybody? I've been doing this a long time, a long time, but I still get nervous and I still need God. That just shows us that we need God to do a God thing. Amen. Now, what is going to help us with this? What is going to help us have the boldness that we need to get the job done? I got to go through this fast. So you stay with me. Number one, number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. First, it's going to require purity. It's going to require purity. We're going to get to real practical stuff in a minute, but we need to, we need to really focus on this. Proverbs chapter 28, verse one, Proverbs chapter 28, verse one in your notes, you you can see it right there. It says the wicked flee when no man pursueth. In other words, the wicked have a guilty conscience. Are y'all with me? They're always looking around. They're always looking over the shoulder. They always think it, you know, you know, somebody's got a guilty conscience. They awful jumpies. Amen. You see people going down the road and, 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 and if they see a cop, they could be doing the speed limit and automatically they hit the brake. You know why? They're not used to doing it right. <laughs> Amen. They flee when no man pursueth, but watch what it says. Now say, now read it with me. But the, oh, mercy. Say it with me. But the, say it again. But the. The righteous are bold as a lion. Now, now you can tell when you come home, which kid has the bad report card and which kid has the good report card. The one with the good report card will meet you at the door. The one with the bad report card is hiding in his bedroom. Are y'all with me? Now, here's the thing. We, we talk about having boldness. We talk about having courage. We talk about having that, that ability to stand out, stand up. But here's the thing. You're not going to have boldness to witness to your coworker if you've been cussing all day. 
You're not going to have boldness. You're not going to have boldness to witness and share your faith with the waitress after you've done treated her terrible and didn't tip her at all. Hello. This is practical stuff. This is practical stuff. The righteous are bold as a lion. That You cannot be hanging out with the devil and think you're going to be able to talk for God. Listen, here's the question. Here's the question. Brother Gibson gave us this one. Is the tongue in your shoe going the same direction as the tongue in your mouth? In other words, does your walk match your talk? One of the greatest things you could do for boldness is to live right, to do right. The Bible says in Acts 1, but ye shall receive power. Say it with me. Ye shall receive power. After that, the... The what kind of ghost? What kind? Holy, Holy Ghost. So the power is going to come from the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me? Are y'all with me? Come on, get with me. And if we're grieving and quenching the Holy Ghost, do you think the, come on, do you think the is going to touch you and empower you if you're not being Holy are y'all with me? So listen, the first thing we're going to have to do is we're going to have to straighten our act up. The first thing we're going to have to do is clean our mouth up. The first thing we're going to have to do is watch our behavior. Be ye holy for I am holy. Preacher, I just think we need to be yourself. No, you don't. You need to be holy. You don't need to be yourself. Yourself is crooked. Our flesh, Paul said, I have no confidence in my flesh whatsoever. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Think about your testimony. One of the, listen, I told you the greatest danger, the greatest danger to, the, to Christianity is the silent Christian. The second greatest danger is the unholy Christian. Because you're just giving, you're giving ammunition to a lost world. Well, if you're, if you're a Christian, then I'm okay. Hello. What are we going to do to get boldness? Say it with me. We need purity. Say it with me. Purity. purity. Let's, start, let's start straightening up. Let's clean up our mouth. Let's clean up our act. Listen, we shouldn't even, we shouldn't even have to be preaching this for this point. This, is, this should be a given. I am amazed, almost to the point of being appalled at what some so-called Christians think is okay. It is blowing my mind. But I'm going to tell you this, it's just, a, it's, it's a sign of the times. We are in the last days, lukewarm, lay out of sea and age, uh, because, because iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. So if we're going to, if we're going to have boldness, we need first eight, say it with me. Number one, we need purity. Number two, number two, we need preparation. Let's get into the practical part. We need preparation. So point one says, be holy. Point two says, be ready, be ready. Watch what it says. First Peter three fifteen. but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That means separate to him, separate him to yourself, commit to him. Basically, if we just want to put it in real easy terms, it meant put him first. You need to sell out to him. You need to commit to him. You need to say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. You are first in my life. You are the boss. You are my savior. You are my Lord. 
I am your servant. I am, as Paul uses the word doulos, I am your slave. You are the master. I'm the slave. I am here to be at your command. Somebody say amen. amen. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. And what's, it, what's the underline? Say it with me. And. Okay, let's say it together loud. And. And. Be ready always to do what? To give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now, what does that mean? At any moment, you need to be ready to share your faith. That's what that means. At any moment, you need to be ready to share your faith. You don't need to have to try to call the preacher. There's not a single born again child of God in this building right now. Not one single one that does not have the obligation to be able to share your faith, be ready to help somebody else get to heaven. If you have to call somebody else to help somebody get to heaven, you're behind schedule. Now, I I don't listen. Listen, if if you absolutely don't know and somebody wants to get saved, listen, you be my guest. Call up here. Call the church. We will help you. But it should not be that way. The Bible commands us all to be ready. Well, preacher, I don't know the verses. We'll learn them. Learn them. It's not complicated. You can, well, I just can't remember. I can't remember. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Come on now. Hello. Let me prove it to you. There's a tear in my... Nah, brother Melvin went to say it with... See, y'all knew, you knew, you hear songs come on the radio and you start singing along. You know what? I've learned this. We can learn what we want to learn. Hello. We can learn this. Two things we need to be ready with. Two things we need to be ready with. A, write this down. We need to be ready with my story or your story. I don't know what, what word did I put in there? Your story, your story, my story, your story. Listen, there is power in your story. Say it with me. There is, there's power in your story. You know why? Because nobody can dispute it. Nobody can dispute it. You can't say, you can't, listen, I was there when it happened. I was in my life before Jesus. I was there when I found Jesus or Jesus found me and I've been in my life after Jesus. You can't tell me I'm wrong. I'm an eyewitness. Are you with me? You have a powerful story and it doesn't matter what your story is. Now, everybody's story is different. I don't have this story where God drug me out of the gutter and and, and drug me out of a bar stool and all that. No, God drug me out of a church pew. But it's still my story. I wonder how many people today are going to churches every week, every week. And they know a lot about God, but they don't know God. They're lost and sitting and going to church every week. Guess what? There's a ton of people like that. And I was one of them. My story is powerful. Your story is powerful. What is your story? What is your story? It's my life. Come on, everybody. My life before Jesus, before Christ, how I came to Christ. Say that with me. And my life. That's your story. Now, remember, let's let's do the survey. Let's do. And guys, if y'all are tired of hearing this, you might as well go into another church because I'm going to keep doing this till you start doing it. We're, We're running out of time. We're running out of time. I'm tired of church shopping. I'm tired of church swapping. 
you know, there's a, there's this little crowd that goes around come a little group that just goes to the most popular church at the time. Listen, we've got to stop that. We got to start going out that, that don't have no church that, that are on their way to hell. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So here, here's your life, your life before Christ. Here's a sentence you can begin with, man. There was a time in my life when there's a time in my life when that's, that's when I put it, there's a time in my life when I was very religious. I went to church all the time, man. I knew a lot about the Bible. I knew a lot about God, but I found out something was missing. Man, every, every time I'd go to church, something was missing and I was afraid. Boy, dad would give the invitation and I was scared. I had fear and something was missing. My, how I came to Christ. But one day somebody shared a message with me that changed my life. They said, listen, I needed to not just know about God. I needed to know God. I need to have a personal relationship with him. And he said he would forgive me and save me if I would just turn to him in faith. And boy, I prayed and asked Christ to save me. And man, my life has been totally different. My life after Christ. Ever since then, boy, I have felt fulfilled. The Holy Spirit has been with me. There is nothing missing and I'm not afraid. I'm not scared. He can preach on hell for a month and it wouldn't bother me a bit because I have the, I have the peace of God in my heart. Somebody say amen. And in just a couple minutes, you heard my story. You heard my life before Christ. You heard how I came to Christ and you heard my life after Christ. And guess what? I've honed it down to a minute and you can too. You can too. I've been meeting people all, all week long. I'm telling you, this thing has consumed me. Brother Doug, I've been everywhere. I was on the golf course this week, which is a miracle all by itself, but I was passing out my story tracks to everybody on the golf course, playing golf, going by. Somebody might get it. <clears throat> met a gentleman, met a gentleman. I went, I went, I was waiting on my wife. She was out at Brandy's helping, helping. And, and, and I went to, to Dick's cause I was just, just messing around waiting on her. I had a little bit of time. So I went in there and they got a little, uh, uh, uh putting thing in, 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 in Dick's, you know, where you can practice, uh, uh, putting and, 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 and the little worker come around and he stood there and I thought, uh-huh. <laughs> and so here we go. Here we go. And we struck up a conversation. We struck up a conversation. I said, man, do you got a minute? How long did it take me to tell my story? Everybody's got a minute. Know your story. Do you know your story? Can you, can you share it like that? Be prepared. Now, you say, preacher, I thought we was going to talk about boldness. Guess what? I can be bold when I know what I'm saying. One of the biggest problems, and I hear people say all the time, well, I just don't know what to say. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm teaching you what to say. If, if, listen, I understand, I understand it's, it's very nerve wracking if you, if you don't know what to say, but guess what? If you're prepared and you know what to say, you know what you're going to have boldness. I knew exactly what I was fixing to say to him. I knew exactly what I was fixing to share with him. The problem is, listen, it's not that you just don't have what it takes. You have what it takes, but you're not prepared. But if you get prepared, you're going to have boldness. You're going to have courage. So be prepared. Be prepared with. Come on, everybody. Be prepared with your story. Your story. All right. Then be, write this down. Be prepared with God's story. Listen, the only reason you tell them your story is so you can share God's story. Now, now I want everybody to know my story. But my story necessarily by itself will not change anybody's life. It's the power of the gospel. It's the power of the gospel. The gospel is what changes their lives. 
What is the gospel? It's the story of Jesus. So oh, the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. I know that's, 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 a, that, that's part of it. But the whole gospel is the whole story. Is it you're a sinner and you needed a savior and God loved you and he came and died so you could be. Are y'all with me? And if you're not familiar with the gospel, if you don't know how to share the gospel in an easy, clear, understanding way, it's right in your notes. You have no excuse from that. I won't say amen. <laughs> Spell gospel. G-O-S-P-E-L. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? G. God made us to be with him. Did he not? God made us to be with him. Oh, our sins have separated us from God. Haven't they? He says, my hand is not short and it cannot save. My ear is not heavy and it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you between you and your God. God is holy. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. If we say that we, we fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Are y'all with me? That means our sins have separated us. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Listen, sins can never be taken away by good deeds. Right? Sins can never be taken away by good deeds. P. Paying for sin, Jesus came, died, and rose again. Say amen. E, everyone that puts their trust and faith in him alone, he will save. He will give eternal life. L, life with him starts now and lasts forever. You know, I just shared with you in just a couple minutes the gospel. Now tell me, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I just shared my story and I just shared God's story in just a matter of a couple minutes. You know why we're not doing that? Because we don't know it. We're not prepared. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time to get ready. Come on, look at him. Say it again. It's time to get ready. It's time to get ready. And by the way, I'm going to go into detail. Brother, brother Dave Gibson came and a lot of y'all couldn't be here because it was on a Thursday. Well, I'm going to take a couple Sunday evenings in just a couple weeks and I'm going to teach you all this stuff. So I want you to come and, 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 and listen, if you say, well, I had to work. That's why I wasn't there. Well, you, mm, you can come Sunday. Say amen. amen. I want you to be ready. I want you to be able to do this. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not just saying this because there's a lot of lost people that need to get saved and your family's part of them. But you can't believe, you can't believe the joy I'm experiencing right now just because I'm just consumed with this. I've I've, I've had so much fun and and enjoying being able to share my faith. I want you to feel that too. Say amen. Amen. So number one says we need to be pure or holy, right? Be holy for I'm holy. Be the the righteous. Say it with me. The righteous are bold as a lion. Number two, we need to be, we need to be prepared. You know, when we're ready, when we know what we're going to say, when we know what to say. And by the way, by the way, let me help you with a disclaimer real quick before we get into that training. Because some of y'all might not show up. There is a possibility. There is a possibility that somebody may ask you a question that's too hard for you to answer. That is a possibility. Now, how many of y'all would agree with that? That is a possibility, but that's no problem. That is no problem. Here's what you do. Is everybody ready? You want to know what to do? When somebody asks you a question, you don't know how to answer. You don't know what it is. One of them crazy, wild questions. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. Uh, that's a very good question. Say it with me. I'm going to find out and I'll get back with you. Now back to my story. A lot of times people try to give you a question to throw you off. 
It's the same thing the woman at the well did to Jesus. As soon as Jesus confronted her with her sin, go get thy husband and come back. Well, I ain't got no husband. That's right, you ain't. You've been shacking up with one and you done had five of them. You know what she immediately did? Change the subject. But Jesus stayed right there. And by the way, you know what's great about that story? You know what's great about that story? Even after that woman had a horrendous past, God used her for a great future. Matter of fact, God used her greater than them sorry 12 disciples. Prove it. Read it. They went into the city and didn't bring nobody. And here this woman is, just a fresh baby believer who had a terrible past, but I'm glad God don't, he doesn't consult your past to determine your future. Say amen. She goes and brings the whole city to Jesus. Amen. Anyway, that's just commercial. Be ready. Be ready. Now guess, guess whose responsibility is to be ready. That's right. That's right. Quit blaming the preacher. Quit blaming everybody else because you're not sharing the gospel. You need to be ready. And when you're ready, you're going to feel courage. You're going to feel boldness. Number three. Number three. Let's hurry. Let's hurry. We're running out of time. Running out of time. Number three, this is, this, is, this is the most important one. We need to pray. We need to pray. The Bible says in verse 31, verse 31 of Acts chapter 4. Can you put it up there? Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Do you have that? And when they had prayed. When they had prayed. That's so significant. Because that tells, us, that tells us that this is a God thing. This is not something we can work up. How many of y'all have ever tried to be courageous? You've tried to be fearless. I tried that on a roller coaster several times. I remember when we was in the youth group and everything, there was this girl I wanted to impress. And she was all about them scary rides. And I ain't. I ain't at all. But boy, I want to impress her and I was going to make myself be courageous. You know what I found out? You can't. <laughs> you, you can't manufacture this stuff. You can't manufacture, you can't work up courage. It's a God-given thing. They got it. They got it when they prayed. When they prayed. You see, this battle we're in is a supernatural battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's a battle that we can only win in the power of the spirit. Say amen. amen. So when they prayed, now two things about prayer I want you to write down. This is great stuff right here. Look in Acts chapter 4, 13. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. And when they saw the boldness, is that not what we're looking for? When they saw the of Peter and John and perceived. They were unlearned and ignorant men. They didn't have it all together. They didn't have a seminary degree. They were just old, goofy, dumb fishermen. Unlearned, uneducated. They marveled. But watch this. This is great. They took knowledge of them. Read it with me. That they had. Did y'all catch that? Now, here's the thing. You don't have to know all the Bible. You don't have to have every theological T crossed and every theological I dotted. Just spend some time with Jesus. How do we spend time with Jesus? In prayer. 
reading our Bible and spending time in prayer, talking with him and fellowship with him, communion with him. I'm telling you what, I have found this out. The more time I spend with Jesus, the more courageous I am. The more time I spend with Jesus, the more I want to tell somebody. The more time I spend with Jesus, the more he gives me and the more I want to share about what he's given me. I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours in my office and God just filling me and filling me and filling. And I'm telling you, I got to come outside. You ask anybody in that hallway. There's many times I got to come tell somebody before I can tell you because I can't tell you till Sunday. Just bubbling. I got to tell somebody. You know, why I think we don't have a whole lot of courage. We haven't spent no time with Jesus. They had boldness. They said, look at their boldness. What are they bold about? They're uneducated. They're ignorant and unlearned men. What in the world are they doing? Standing so brash and so bold and with so much. Co- oh, they've been hanging out that Messiah fella. They've been spending time with Jesus. I don't know what's up with them, but I know this. They've been hanging out with Jesus. Well, I tell you, if we'll just pray. If we'll spend time with Jesus, I'm telling you the first thing, the first thing you're going to want to do is tell somebody. You know what happened when that woman at the well spent some time with Jesus? You know what the first thing she wanted to do? She wanted to go tell somebody. Listen, if we'll pray and spend time with Jesus. So here's the word I want you to put down. Abiding. Abiding. Spend some time abiding with Jesus. Communing with him. Fellowshipping with him. Praying and reading your Bible. Devotional time, whatever you want to use. Abiding in prayer. They saw boldness because they had been with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus? I'm going to ask you, have you been with Jesus? Have you been spending time with him? Say, preacher, I just don't have no courage. Well, how much time have you spent with him? How much personal time? I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about reading a verse while you're watching TV. I'm talking about real intimate time, communion time, where you can be still and listen to him speak to you. Read his word and let him fill you. We'll find boldness when we abide with him in prayer. Then be asking. Not just abiding, but asking. It's that simple. Now, Lord, now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Verse 31 And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now think about this. We can find almost every point in this, this, this line right here. And they were all filled with the, what kind of ghost? You reckon they've been a little purity in their life right there? They've been praying. They've been spending time with God. They hadn't been watching stuff on the internet. They shouldn't have been. They hadn't been gossiping on the phone and social media and cursing and raising Cain. They had the Holy Spirit in them being influenced. The word feel means controlled by influence by the Holy Spirit. So there's holiness. And they spake the word of God. Guess what? You can't speak it if you don't know it. You can't speak it unless they, listen, and by the way, they spoke the word of God. What they do? They just told the gospel. They just spoke the good news, the good news of Christ. So they were prepared. 
They were holy. They were prepared. And they prayed. They said, God, we, we want it. We need your help. Ask for it. Now we know, now we know that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know if he hears us, we have that petition that we ask for. How many of y'all know the Bible says that? Now let's be honest. If we're asking God to help us brag on him. If we're asking God to give us the ability and the power to brag on him and tell somebody about him, you don't think he's not going to answer that? Are y'all with me? Say amen. Number four. Number four. What was number one? Come on. Number two. Preparation. We need to be prepared. That's going to help us with our, our boldness. Can't go unprepared. And let me, let me say this. Let me say this. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. I have a recurring nightmare. I do. I don't know if you ever had this, Brother Doug, but I have a recurring nightmare. It happens like, like every six months, maybe. And, and some people have it, some people don't. You know, some people say, oh, I have a nightmare that I, I, I'm, I'm naked in public or something like that. You know, that's not mine at all. <clears throat> mine is that I'm standing in front of you guys and I'm not prepared. I mean, it's, it's legit. I wake up, I wake up, sure enough, almost in a cold sweat, just, and that might be why I over-prepare every week. I have enough here to preach a month, but that is because I'm not prepared. And man, I feel fear. I feel anxiety. And I say, oh, it's just a dream preacher. Yeah, it don't feel like it because I'm not prepared. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I could, I finished up, I finished up this outline Thursday evening, which is a miracle all by itself. You know, brother Daniel, he was doing the happy dance. You know, it was exciting because I always get it late. I, I it just, but I was through. And let me tell you something. I've been ready ever since Thursday to get in front of you and tell you this stuff. I've been excited. I've been ready. I've been prepared. I've been encouraged. I, I couldn't wait to come share this stuff with you guys. Sometimes we're not bold because we're just not prepared. Let's get prepared. They were ready. They asked, said, Lord, help us. Give us boldness. And then number four, practice. Practice. You know, my father, most of y'all know him. Sometimes he's in the first service. Sometimes he's in the second service. But you, you, everybody knows him. Usually comes in late. But. Anyway, (laughs) but Doug, I've learned he's done this so much. He he can do whatever he wants to do. Just leave him alone. I surrendered to preach on a Sunday night, a Sunday night. I was 17 years old. And this is what he tells me. All right, son, be ready Wednesday. This was, this was like in the middle of summer. I said like Wednesday of November. I mean, I wasn't... No, this Wednesday. And this is what he said. He said, son, the only way you're going to learn how to do it is just get in there and. And he made me preach, whether I wanted to or not, every single Wednesday night from the point then till I went to Bible college. Because he knew the only way to get better at preaching is preach. Guess what? My dad went 12 years and quit the ninth grade, had no formal education whatsoever. You know what I learned when I got to Bible college? Brother Mickle, you know what they told me at Bible college? The only way you're going to learn is just getting there. 
amazing. I learned from my uneducated father what that college professor just said. I thought, well, I done heard that. <laughs> and you know what they make you do in Bible college when you're, when you're training to be a pastor or a preacher? They give you places to go practice. Listen, I preached in nursing homes. I, pre- I remember coming into a, 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 I had a low-income housing project that I preached in. I would go in and invite people, knock on doors, and they had a little community center there, and there was a trash can that I preached off of. <clears throat> Set my Bible on top of that trash can and preached to everybody. One day, one lady, Brother Melvin, one elderly senior lady came in and sat down and waited. I thought, well, she's ready for her message. So guess what? I preached like there was a thousand people in the room. People walking by, people walking by like, what in the world? Here I am preaching off a trash can to one lady sitting there watching. The only way you're going to learn how to do it is get in there and do it. The only way to get good at it is to do it. The only way you get more courage and more boldness is to do it. So here's, how we're going, here's, here's what we're going to do. First, I want you to write this down. Memorization. Memorization. It starts with memorization. Memorize your story and memorize God's story. Memorization. The Bible says, let the words of Christ dwell in you, what? Richly. You know what that means? It means to get it in. Memorize it. Memorize Romans 3.23. Memorize Romans 6, 23. Memorize Romans 5, 8. Memorize Romans 10, 9, and 10. Listen, memorize the Romans wrote. Memorize your story. Listen, one day in my life, there was a time when. Then one day, somebody shared a message that changed my life. Boy, ever since that moment, I have been, y'all with me? Starts with memorization. B, write this down. It moves to presentation. It moves to presentation. All right, you have it here. Now you're learning to get it out here. You present it. You present it. Listen, present it to your spouse. Present it to your kids. Share it. Listen, you say, but they're already saved. It don't matter. You need to practice. Preach. Preach in a mirror. Share it. Share your gospel in a mirror. How many of y'all, come on, let's be honest. Let's, I, I'm almost done. This is just killing some of y'all, but you only got three minutes left of this. Because you're really scared to death that I'm going to expect you to actually go do this. I'm just preaching the book. Listen, it needs to move from memorization to presentation. I asked people. I had two people. I had two people in my office this weekend for counseling. Before they left, I said, can you give me just a minute? I'm teaching, I'm teaching our people. I'm teaching our people right now to share their faith and share their story. And, and, and I need to practice. I said, will you give me just a minute so I can share you my story? And guess what? Sharing my story. I need to practice. I'm not sure if those two or either one of them need to hear it, but I needed to do it. Did y'all hear what I just said? I'm not sure whether they needed to hear it, but I needed to do it. And guess what? If I need to do it, come on, look at your neighbor and say, you do too. <laughs> Amen. Guys, guys, on purpose, on purpose, I'm doing as many as I can every single day. So I'm not standing up here as a hypocrite. Hey. I'm not asking you to do something that I'm not already doing. 
Amen? Amen. Now watch this. This is the best part. What was A? Come on, everybody. A? Memorization. I need to memorize this. I need to get it here. You may be caught off guard. You may be caught without your Bible. You may be caught without a a my story track. Y'all with me? You may be caught without this. You got to have it right here. Right? So it starts with? And then it's? Practice presenting it to folks. Practice presenting it to your family. Practice presenting it to your friends. You say, hey, can you give me a minute? Let me practice telling my story. And then see, this is, this is where it really becomes effective. It turns into conversation. It turns into conversation. Look at this. Look at this. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And by the way, there's verses for everything in presentation. In memorization, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. Mark 5, verse 18, presentation. Jesus told the demoniac, go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. That's presentation. But here's conversation. Look what, look what God commands the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and all thy soul and with all thy might. And these, and these which I command thee this day shall be in thine, can we call that memorization? Okay, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Can we call that presentation? Right? Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Now watch this now. And shall talk. Shall talk. Teaching is presenting. Hiding the words in their heart, that's memorization. Now watch this. Thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou, and when thou, And when thou, do y'all see that? You know what he's saying? Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. You need to be so consumed with the gospel that it becomes a part of your everyday life. It becomes a part of your conversation that you can almost not talk about anything without getting back to Jesus. It needs to consume you so much that you're at Dick's uh, putting on the putting green, having a big time, waiting on your wife who's taken forever. <clears throat> and out the corner of your eye, when you see the young man that works there just kind of hanging out, he don't have nothing else to do. You strike up a conversation and say, hey, man, how you doing? You worked here long? No, just a couple months. You from Coleman? Yes, sir. I'm from Coleman. Goes to Wallace. Believe his name's Bryn. Great young man. Be able to tell your story and tell God's story. He was already saved. He goes to the Daystar and and got got saved. Brother Brother Montgomery got saved after a motion. Uh, I think it's like a youth rally or something like that down in Birmingham. A, a motion uh, youth conference or something. Got saved and baptized. The whole deal. You know what I was doing? I was just living my life. I was just living my life. I was just in there putting on putting green. And here I am. Here's a young man. I see this young man. I perceive that this could be a... Y'all catching on. Y'all catching on. Opportunity. I've seen opportunities in drive throughs I've seen opportunities in restaurants. Last night, me and my wife was... Out to dinner all by ourselves. Almost empty nest. Got one more. If we can kick her out, it's done. 
She said, Daddy, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> hey, whatever. We met Barbara. Met Barbara. She's, she's here from Louisiana, Cajun. And, uh, and y'all help me pray for her daughter, Sierra. Her daughter, Sierra, lives in, in Hawaii. And, and boy, I, I kind of went out because I felt that she, she misses her daughter. Boy, I've been FaceTiming Becca. And that goober almost cut her finger off this week. Had to get seven stitches. Almost set something on fire with a candle. <laughs> cut something else. Said cut her elbow. This is all in a couple of days. She said, she, Brother Montgomery, last night she said, Sean's ready to send me back home. And I said, no, no, there ain't no returns. <laughs> when you leave the yard, she's yours, buddy. <laughs> but man, I've been, I felt that. She said, my daughter's in Hawaii, and I'd sure like to see her. And so there's an opportunity. She was so busy. Man, that place was packed. I said, Barbara, if you get a chance, well, God's so been good to me. And if you don't mind, when you take a break, I wrote out my story, and, uh, and I just love sharing it with people. If you don't care, would you mind reading my story? She said, oh, sh- I sure would. I'd love to. I don't know what's taking place. Maybe God was already working in Barbara's heart. I'm going to go back. And maybe it'll be less busy and be able to spend some more time with Barbara. I know one thing I'd sure love to see Barbara say. There's opportunities all around us, guys. And if we'll memorize what we're supposed to memorize, and it's not hard. I gave, it, I gave you what you need to memorize in the preparation, right? Your story and God's story. Well, I don't know what God's story is. You don't have that excuse no more. It's right there. I printed it. These opportunities all around us. And the only reason we're not seeing them is because we're not looking for them. But I want to change that. I'm telling you, I cannot explain to you the joy I have inside doing this stuff. And it's almost shameful, to be honest with you, because I hadn't been doing it like I need to be doing it. I'm thinking, man, look what I've been missing out on. So I want to encourage you. There's a world out there that's going to hell. And they need to hear your story. They need to hear what Jesus done for you. But they're never going to hear it if you keep your mouth shut. Amen? Amen.